Test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. This is how you can recognize the Spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come, that has come in the flesh, is from God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is, is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and even now is already in the world. You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them. Because the one who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are from the world and therefore speak from the viewpoint of the world. And the world listens to them. We are from God. And whoever knows God listens to us, but whoever is not from God does not listen to us. This is how we can recognize the spirit of truth and the spirit of falsehood. Amen. Thank you so much, Josh. And good evening. Thank you for joining us this evening. It is great to have you with us and uh, obviously continuing our series in uh, 1 John, uh, soon getting to the end, but um, it's been good. I hope you've enjoyed it as much as we have in going through and studying this word. So uh, if you think about the times that we're living in uh, at present, uh, I think everyone would agree that they're interesting times. There's a lot of things going on. And uh, I suppose realistically, when we read scripture and we hear about what's going to happen in the end times just before Jesus returns, it should be no surprise that there's some unusual things going on, some unusual things happening. And if we were to take that step back and have a look at it, we'd appreciate that a lot of what is going on is to draw us away from the things of Christ. They're to draw us away from following him as we should. And I'm sure each of you would have heard something along the line, some saying which is similar to this, it doesn't matter what you believe in as long as you believe in something. Who's heard that? Yeah, yeah, it's something that's out there. And also, I think some of you would have heard um, many people say, but don't believe everything you hear. And that's also true. And I think when you think about what John is saying this evening, what he's addressing in these six verses is basically an emphasis of those two things. John uses the term from God six times in these six verses. He only skips it in one verse, verse 5, and he says it twice in verse 6. But he speaks about being from God. And in this passage, sorry, in the passage we read last week, John revealed to us... That we can know we have passed from death to life now in how we love others, how we love believers. And he's emphasized that, emphasized that to us in the last passage. And then he also said, we may know we are from God because of Holy Spirit dwelling in us. But now he wants us to be on guard. He wants to give us a warning. He wants us to be aware that there are some people who claim to be of God, some people who insist that they're following Jesus, who actually are not doing that. They are not true believers. And so we're told many will confess Jesus as the Son of God. But they won't acknowledge that Jesus was fully man and fully God. Some will also refuse to accept Jesus as Lord and Saviour. And they should be trigger points for us. They should be things that we pay attention to. We should be alert and we should realise that those people who do that are not true Christians. So John is calling us to be careful. He's calling us to be discerning. So we will know who is from God and who is not. And part of our maturing as a Christian 
is gaining a greater knowledge and a greater understanding of God's word. And we need to gain that understanding of God's word. We need to read it so we can grow in discernment. We can weigh up what people say, what people do against what scripture says and be able to acknowledge whether they are truly following God or not. It allows us to know the truth. And in accepting what the truth is, it allows us to know what is false and to reject it, which is something we have to do. And so there are those who are from God and those who are not. We need to realise that when we accept Jesus, we reject self. When we follow good, we flee from evil. And that's John's message here. He says it's impossible to believe truth, to really believe truth, unless you reject error. Let's pray. Father, I thank you again that we can gather here. I thank you for your love, your blessing that you pour out upon us. I thank you, Lord, that you want us to know know you. You want us to have relationship with you. You want to draw us closer to you. And I thank you that you give us your word in order to do that. Lord, I just pray for each of us here tonight. I pray for a greater passion, a greater thirst, a greater hunger for you and your word. And I pray you'll speak to us this evening that you'll use this word to challenge us, to draw us closer to you. In Jesus' name, amen. John wants us to gain this understanding that um, we need and must develop spiritual discernment. And in, in developing that spiritual discernment, it allows us to guard ourselves against the spirit of the Antichrist and the subtle deception that is involved in the spirit of the Antichrist. And he tells us that there is going to be false prophets and false spirits. And in fact, these are already here. They were already around when John was um, teaching at this time as well. They were already in the church. And so as we approach this, we need to realise that false prophets and those speaking under the influence of false spirits are generally not sinister or evil-looking people. These are not people who blatantly call you to deny your faith or to become Satan worshippers or to offer children as sacrifices. That's not the way they are. These are men and women who would appear to be loving, compassionate, caring Christian men and women. They more often than not use the Christian language and use it quite well. They will profess to believe in Jesus. They are attractive, charismatic people who sound very honest and convincing. And this is why Jesus calls them wolves in sheep's clothing. He does that in Matthew 7.15. And Paul says in 2 Corinthians 11.13-15 that they are false apostles, deceitful workers, masquerading as apostles of Christ. And Paul says it's no wonder for Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. And so John says to us, don't believe every spirit, but test the spirits and see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. 
And John has been very black and white in his writings. He says there's only two type of people in the world. There's those who are walking in the light and those who are walking in darkness. There's no grey, you're one or the other. He says there are those um, who have crossed from death to life. There are those who are of God and there are those who are of Satan. And he doesn't allow any wiggle room. And that's why he calls us to not, to, not to believe every spirit. There are those who are of the spirit of God and there are those who are of the false spirits. And those who are of the false spirit, we as children of God, from God, we must reject them. These are people who are influenced by demonic spirits, the spirit of the Antichrist. And so true followers of Jesus are called not to believe every teacher, preacher or person proclaiming Christ. You're to test every one of them. And you've heard Pastor Darrell and myself say to you, do not believe what we say from the front. Go home, read your word, make sure what we say lines up with what Scripture says. Because if you're not doing that, you will be easily deceived. And trust me, we want you to do that. If you do do that, you'll begin to exercise and grow in Christian maturity. And you will be able to discern truth from error. And what you need to realise, though, this testing isn't a constant looking for fault. You're not to do that. You're not to be looking to someone to see if you can find fault with them. This is a testing to approve. This is a testing to see that they are men or women of God. And so when you are sure that they are men and women of God, and I think this is a very uh, important point to make, because if we're constantly looking for fault, I believe we become very negative, we become cynical. And as a result, there's many people who actually look to tear others down rather than supporting them in the Christian faith and walk. And it happens whether it was intentional or not. But if we're looking to approve our teachers... If we approach them and scripture positively, we'll be more compassionate if they say something that's not exactly straight down the line. And when we approach them, we'll understand where their heart has been at. And Pastor Darrell and I, we won't always get things right. We admit that. We concede that. And sometimes I've stumbled over words and said something I had no intentions of saying. But I'm open to you come and talk to me. But I hope that you know my heart and that my heart is after Christ and I want to teach you about him and I want to grow you in faith. And if you believe that, when you approach me, you're not going to be approaching to tear me down. You're going to be, hey, Charlie, you said this. Did you really mean that? And we can work it out. But you must approach me. If I say something you don't agree with, if I say something that you think is not of Christ, you have to approach me. You can't let that slide. You can't allow me to stand before these people and say things that are not of Jesus. And guys, the only yardstick we have, the only way we can measure what is said from the front is the infallible word of God. There is nothing else. And you need to know that word in order to be able to discern rightly whether what is being said is truth or not. We must know it and we must use it. We need to be able to do this because many false prophets have gone out into the world. That's what John says. 
And pa Pastor Darrell has quoted a couple of times that between the time of Jesus' crucifixion in AD 70, when the temple fell in Jerusalem, there had already been 69 false messiahs that people had followed. It's incredible, isn't it? And it's no different today. It hasn't stopped. And so we need to be on guard. On guard sorry. And John tells us, By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard was coming and now is in the world already. This is the test that those who confess Jesus has come in the flesh. Those ones, the ones who say that, are from God. And note, the test isn't about how successful a person is in ministry. The test isn't about how popular they are. The test isn't about how many miracles they perform, how many people are fully healed, how many people are actually following them. It's not about that. The test comes back to Scripture. The test is about who they proclaim Jesus Christ to be. And that is our yardstick. We need to ask, what do they actually say about Jesus? You may think that uh, you haven't had this happen, but there's two groups that knock on your front door. In those two groups, there's one of those groups that believe that Jesus Christ was the first being ever created by Jehovah. And then Jesus created all things after that, but Jesus was not divine. That's their stand. Then there's the other group who knocks on your door from time to time. They will say that Jesus was not eternal. They'll say that he wasn't God, but he was a man who became God. And so he came in order to show us how we can all become gods. So these people believe in Jesus. But it's not the Jesus we have in Scripture. And so if you're confronted with people like that, just quiz them as to who Jesus is. Do the demons say Jesus is the Son of God? Yeah, they do. Do they say Jesus has come in the flesh? Yeah, they do. Would they claim Jesus as their Lord and Saviour? I don't think so. And so we have to be discerning. We have to be willing to ask the right questions. They deny the Jesus we know from Scripture. And if they not deny the Jesus we know from Scripture, we must reject them. They are not true followers of Christ. They are not Christians. And it's not my words. They're John's words. When it speaks about not confessing Jesus, it's speaking about who Jesus is, everything he did, every action, and his very identity. When we think about who Jesus is, what's John 1, 1 say? In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and about him was not any thing made that was made in him was life and the life was the light of man the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it this is jesus the statement in the beginning is an eternal statement it's not meaning that there was a beginning there was a time there was a start this is saying that jesus was with god in eternally past 
He'll be with God in eternity into the future. And so he was always present with God. And that's the statement that we stand on. That's who the Jesus is. And we know that Jesus came in the flesh. We call him the God-man, fully God, fully man. And if you understand that, please help me out. But that's who he was. He had to be man in order to die for our sins. And yet he was still fully God. When he lived on this earth, he somehow, he personally laid aside and refused to use his powers. He took them up again. He could have taken them up any time he wanted. But while on earth, he lived as a man. He suffered as a man. He died as a man. And right now, he's ascended to God's right hand. He's interceding for each and every one of us, which I think is really cool. I need him to intercede for me each and every day. And he's coming again. And I can't wait for that day when he'll take me back with him. And those who confess Jesus as Lord and Saviour, who believe that he's God in the flesh, they are true believers and they are from God. And so John now moves on to tell us those who are victorious, those who are true believers. And he says, little children, you are from God and have overcome them for he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. I want you to think about who Holy Spirit is. I don't know, we seem to have this habit of not focusing on, on who Holy Spirit is. And Holy Spirit is the third member of the Godhead. Holy Spirit is God. And Holy Spirit indwells us. We have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And he dwells in you. Is God greater than Satan? Whoa. Maybe we'll go back to Christianity 101. Come on, guys. Is God greater than Satan? Yes. Will God have the ultimate victory? Yes. He's won the battle. He's won the war. We're just in the midst of things right now. And God is greater than Satan and his horde. And God, through Holy Spirit, is living in you. So can you overcome Satan and his hordes? Yes, we just have to submit our lives to Jesus. We just have to give our all to him. And Holy Spirit, who indwells us, will show us how we can overcome those things. It is not us, it is not our ability, but it is God in us through power of Holy Spirit. He's greater than Satan. And who's this true for? Who can overcome the powers of evil? Each and everyone who confesses Jesus Christ as Lord and Saviour. There is no tears in this type of work. The day you give your life to Jesus, you have that power and ability. This is the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. It indwells you, each and every one of you, who calls Jesus Christ Lord and Saviour. Holy Spirit indwells or lives in us, each and every one. Christians don't defeat Satan. Christians don't discern truth. Christians who have this great ability with apologetics don't defeat him. It's not Christians who have greater knowledge or intellect or wisdom. It's not because of that that they defeat him. It's not because they've been theologically trained 
as Pastor Jeff and myself and a few others have been. It's because of Holy Spirit. It's because of God in us. I'm not better equipped than any of you. You have the same Holy Spirit in you that I have in me. All, all of us are victorious because of the one who dwells in us, Holy Spirit. And he's greater than he who is in the world. That's what saved the Christians that John wrote to. It's what saves us now. And we're attentive to him, Jesus, and obey him. He teaches us, he instructs us, he strengthens us, and he places us in Christian community. Why does he place us here? He places us here so we can love each other. He places us here so we can support each other. He places us here so when I'm having a really sucky week, you guys can build me up and strengthen me in the faith and pray for me. He's placed us, placed us with each other so we can be a family who cares and loves for each other, so we can see his unity here. And not only so we can see his unity, so those outside these walls can see the way we love each other and strive towards greater things for Christ. And they will be affected by that and they will be drawn into the kingdom as well. He wants us here so we can wrestle with scripture together, know him more, love him more, grow closer to him and closer to each other. But he wants us to be aware, John wants us to be aware that those who oppose Jesus and Christianity are going to appear to have it all together. They are from the world, therefore the w they speak from the world and the world listens to them. False teachers say exactly what the world wants to hear. They will say things like, you don't have to resist temptation. It's your life. It's okay. Do what you want. God made you that way. And God loves you. Live in the freedom of that knowledge. God is love. There will be no hell or judgment. How could a loving God do that? And again, John has emphasized there's only two groups of people. Those who know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, and they'll be with him for all eternity. And those who don't. And those who don't know Jesus are of the world. And everything of the world is anti-Christ. They are against Christ. But they're not going to make it clear cut. It's not going to be like we can have two people standing on a street corner and we say that one's Christian and that one's not. It doesn't work that way. But the Antichrist, those who have the spirit of the Antichrist, will support anything that will break down the Christian faith. Remember, we have freedom of religion. Freedom of speech, unless the religion we speak of is Christianity. We're seeing that more and more. And the world labels that intolerant, homophobic, judgmental and obsolete. That's the faith I live. And when leaders say that, Christian leaders, the world laps it up. How many times have you seen some pastor, some minister, some reverend, some priest who gets nationwide media coverage because they've come out in support of something that is so against God it's not funny? They get the coverage straight away because the world wants to hear it. The world loves it. 
and they come against us. The world listens because they're saying exactly what the world wants to hear. Remember what John said back in 1 John 2.19. He said they went out from us, but they weren't of us. They never were Christians. John says they are from of the world, but they're not from God. And he says, don't listen to them. But he says, but we are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this, we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. The we here and the us is speaking about the apostles. And John is saying that those who truly are of God, from God, will believe what the apostles say. Remember, the apostles were the only ones who were eyewitnesses to Jesus through all of his ministry, from the time he was baptised to the time he ascended. They were first-hand witnesses to all of those things. And so they wrote down some of those accounts, and we have them before us in our scriptures. They are the only human eyewitnesses. And this stuff is not always going to be black and white. There's going to be times when we struggle with what truth is. But the Spirit will lead us as we seek God. We are not on our own. We are not without hope. We have Holy Spirit who will guide us and give us discernment, will give us godly wisdom, and he'll help us to know truth. They are of the world. We, my friends, are from God. We are of God. I was blessed. I've said this from the front, where if you are not yet Christian, if you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour, I ask you to pray a simple prayer, but it's got to be from your heart. It's got to be genuine. Lord, if you're there, please show me truth. And you've heard me say that before. I was incredibly blessed in this last week to have someone come to me and say, I didn't know if God was real. And I prayed, Lord, if you're really there, show me truth. That person's soon going to be on the mission field. God revealed himself to them. And he does it again and again and again. We pray for that truth. And as John has said all through, one John, when we give our life to Jesus Christ... When we submit to him, asking him to forgive our sins and acknowledging Jesus as our Lord and Saviour, that is a foundation of faith we can stand on. It is something no one can rebuke. Because when you genuinely do that, you know you've been forgiven. You know Jesus is your Lord and Saviour. And you can stand on that truth forever. No one can deny that. Let's pray. Father, you're a good God. You just, you love on me so much. You love on each of us, Lord. And I still don't understand it, but I'm very thankful. And Lord, again, this is a powerful passage of scripture. It's confusing for some people. But Lord, I just pray that we will find truth in the midst of this, that we will grow in our knowledge of you, not for knowledge's sake alone, but so we can be discerning as to what is truth and what is false, and we can reject everything that is error. And Lord, I know there's people here tonight who do not know you. I just pray by power of Holy Spirit that you'll be ministering to them. I pray that they'll just sense there's something true about this. Because there's many people in this room, Lord, who were once like them who didn't grow up in the church, who didn't know you through their lives. 
And we came to know truth. And we thank you for that. We have no doubt about our relationship with you. We have no doubt about our hope and future and eternity. So Lord, tonight, again, I ask you to touch each of our lives. I ask to draw us closer to you. I ask you to reveal your truth to us, whatever that truth be for each of us individually, Lord. And that we'll recommit ourselves to you. Or perhaps we'll commit ourselves to you for the first time. We'll accept you as our Lord and Saviour. And Lord, I want to pray for those who may need to be prayed for, those who may have questions, that they'll come forward. They won't care about those around them. They'll listen to you and what you have to say to them and they'll respond to that. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.